Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Weight podcast. This week, our guests are Mike from Big Bear Custom Metal and Chad from Break, Build, Repeat, and we talk to them about their Juan Swanson-inspired Maker Collab project. Thanks for listening. All right. Hey, hey, guys. (laughs) Hey, man. What's up? (laughs) What's up? Uh, So what do you know, Dean? What you been up to? Uh, I've had a... uh, I've had a giant failure week. That's what I've Uh-oh. had. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Yeah, Caitlin called me and asked for a table, and I've got this Mexican hardwood slab I've been holding on to for years. Uh, she wanted an outdoor, like, just long, skinny table to put by the pool, oh, yeah. but undercover uh, to put, you know, drinks and snacks and stuff on. And so I was like, oh, I've got this perfect piece of wood. I'll order some legs, snap, throw them on. It'll be a done deal. Well, I pulled the slab out and it's been in my shop. It, I have a bathtub. It's been in the bathtub leaning against the wall and it was twisted. Oh. So I, I didn't want to run it through the planer because this it is a super dense, dense piece of wood. I didn't want to mess my planer all up and fight with it. And I didn't want to lose a bunch of thickness. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. lose a ton with a twist. Yeah. So I, I watched some videos. I was like, it's not a showpiece. I'm just going to get this straightened out. And I watched some videos that made a lot of sense with cutting grooves. Think about if you take a piece of plywood cut notches and then you can bend it. So why mm-hmm. not do the same with a twist? And I was like, well, I'll do that. I'll cut notches. Then I'll clamp it flat and then pour epoxy in those ridges to solidify it back where it needs to be. And so I cut the ridges. Uh, I clamped it down flat. It, it clamps, no problem, flat. Cut the ridges. Then I made some wedges with uh, some piece of, I had some pine that I shaped on my 2 by 72 made some wedges, hit those in there to just really enforce the spread and then poured a bunch of total boat in all the cracks and let it sit. And then the next day I came out and it was just disheartening. When I took the clamps off, the twist was still there. And I don't think the theory was wrong. I think I did two two fatal errors. The first was I didn't cut the ridges deep enough. I was so worried about eating into the table. I only went probably a little less than halfway. And I probably oh. should have gone almost three quarters of the way or at right. least like five eighths because you need to get deep enough to really get it to go the other direction. Then the other thing is I cut them lengthways, which would have been great for a cup, but this was a twist. And what I should have done was cut them diagonally. So I cut diagonals on both ends, but those were the shallowest of all the cuts. I actually just took the, the saw uh, it's a track saw and just put it in place and then dipped it in place. I didn't run all the way across. And I think if I would have run all the way across on the two corners, I would have had better luck. So it was a failure. I'm not going to be able to bring the table home to her this weekend, but I learned a lot and it was kind of fun to be back here working on something like that again. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to just take the legs off the table and I'm going to try it again. I'm going to run the saw across it again, go a little deeper this time and see if I can get the twist out. And if it doesn't work, I've had the board for five years. If I haven't done anything with it, it's what it is. I think after you cut it the other way, you should do some resin. So it looks like a glazed ham with that double cut. You know, that's like- exactly. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah. I'll no. make that the top. I'll put some fake pineapples on top. It'd be a good like <laughs> pool. Cause that's what she wants. Uh, a table with a shelf underneath. So she ordered something off home Depot and she sends me a picture and it's MDF with uh walnut veneer. I'm like, Caitlin, the first time it rains or is humid, that's going to swell up and you're going to hate it. Well, and the so, good news is it's not humid in Louisiana at all. Yeah, and, and next to a pool, too. So <laughs> I was like, I'll just make you one. And um, I, I really wish I would have got it done super quick. I kind of have hang my hat on that stuff. But right. uh, yeah, this was a failure. So back to the drawing board on it. The other thing, she wanted uh, really tall. I bought some 40-inch legs for it. And 
a skinny table on legs that tall, it doesn't feel yeah. very stable. So uh, that's something else. I'm going to see her this weekend. So we'll talk about it. Go to the drawing board on that. So does she like pick things out intentionally to show you? And then you're like, oh, I'll just make it instead. Yeah, probably so. That's her way of getting around her not having to directly ask you. Yeah. She, she sent knows me a you're going to be like, yeah, don't do that. I'm surprised she didn't send me a bunch of ratty shoes after I was making those Nikes thinking that I would make her a pair. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, just real quick, and I, I'm not going to get too deep into it. It wasn't a total fail. Uh, Monday, uh, one of the girls I work with came to work and she talked about uh, she was late because the rodeo near her house had left the gate open and some horses had gotten out and a horse got hit by a car and was oh, dead on no. the, it was, wasn't dead. It was injured badly on the side of the road. And she's telling this whole story. And I don't know if you, if you listen to country music, uh, Lainey Wilson of Yellowstone fame, uh, oh, she yeah. has a song called uh, heart like a truck. Yes. And I was like, Man, I hit a horse with my truck. It just works perfectly, doesn't it? <laughs> I hit a horse with my truck. Um, and so I rewrote that entire song with new lyrics uh, titled, I hit a horse with my truck. Uh, it's uh, going to be a hit, top hit country song. I've got the rough version out now. I'm going to do a final version this weekend with background singers and all, and we'll release that to the public uh, soon. <laughs> yes. So Austin, what have you been up to? <laughs> I hope he, there's at least one line about, you know, turning it into glue. Uh, <laughs> I fit equine in there. I don't think I said anything about uh, glue. Um, yeah, let's see. I you actually wrote the, this for real? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it's on fire from the gasoline. This oh, is Jesus. not. Yeah, I got I got the whole thing. Yeah, I talk about the the ranch uh, left their goat gates open close to the road. The horses ran to the interstate. Why didn't someone close that gate? I hit a horse with my truck. Got the whole song. Yeah. Uh, what about I? Oh, I've been tig welding this week, which has been really really cool and one of my bucket list things. That uh, I think that actually was that on my list of things that I wanted to do this year. Probably not. Probably not. You we'll yeah. wait till the end of the year for Christy to tell us all the things we didn't do. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know later. Okay, cool. <laughs> but uh, that's been really fun and way, way more enjoyable than MIG welding. Isn't it? Isn't the sound really cool? It's just, just that pulsing electricity. Yeah, I. It's so relaxing compared to MIG. Like MIG welding to me is like violent and just like and so stick, you know, and. uh Stick is like violent and dirty, and Mig is just violent. <laughs> and uh, Tig is comment. like super clean. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the uh, that's been super fun, a real cool, cool learning curve, and I'm excited because it opens up so many avenues for me for like being able to weld like really intricate, small things. Um, so I'm excited for that. My father-in-law says that test is you get two razor blades and you TIG weld those together. Yeah. So I oh, just, wow. I did it today and uh, I completely evaporated two razor blades. <laughs> like I'll send you the picture of them. They are destroyed. And it was so like, uh, I, I, I'm having issues with my, uh, my auto darkening helmet. So I've, I'm wearing an old school flip down and I was doing the pulse cause it has a pulse setting. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just like lights up like, and you can set the pulse. So I was like trying to figure out, cause I've never used a pulse setting, obviously never used a TIG. And, uh, I had it at like 120 pulse 
you know, I didn't know, I, I don't read instructions, so I didn't know what that <laughs> meant. And uh, it was like, like a machine gun. <laughs> it's just like, and all I'm seeing is disco flashing because I can't see a goddamn thing except for every flash in my helmet. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I finally was like, okay, screw it. Flip up my mask and the entire razor blade is gone. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, definitely too many apps on that one. Yeah. And besides that, um, I've been moving a ton, literally tons of sand. Okay, I, guess, so uh, I think you need to. I think you need to let everybody know that you survived the pool showing up because I've been multiple people ask. Right. If so, your wife killed you after the pool arrived. No, so you didn't. But she left to go out of town immediately. I, like she was busy, so <laughs> oh, I, it was like it was kind of just brushed off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I live. I live another day. Uh, <laughs> And I'm almost done. So like we got in, um, let's see, I got five yards of sand to put underneath because mm-hmm. the land where it is, has got a lot of slope. So I was like correcting grade using sand. So I was like 12,000 pounds of sand. I moved today. That was wow. awesome. And uh, luckily I have a tractor. So it was a lot less work than it would have been by, by wheelbarrow. But um, my kids, I I don't know who it's worse to do stuff for. If it's worse to do stuff for my wife or my kids, like, (laughs) because just the constant, like either it doesn't matter which one of it is, but either way, the wife or the kids, they're just constantly like, how's that pool going? How's that table going? How's the, (laughs) and I'm like, listen, back off. I got other shit to do besides just work for you. Like shake your ass on TikTok. Daddy's shaking ass. Okay. (laughs) I got to make these $3, you know, (laughs) the hard way. (laughs) Lord. Chrissy, what have you been up to? Um, Well, I, okay. Here is my Mother's Day and Father's Day gift ideas. Because I know for some folks, it's impossible to, to figure out what to give, you know, your parents on Mother's Day, especially or Father's Day as they're getting older. So what I did this year and which is always works for me too, is to give me something with some pictures. Like, so for my mom, I made an album. I had an album made um, of our vacation. So I shipped that to her. She absolutely loves it. So if anybody, of course, by the time this releases, Mother's Day will be over the week, this past weekend. So you're out of luck. Um, But my girls, they've always done like different pictures they've had put on canvas or or, um, you know, mouse pads or just all those kind of things. But for my dad, who is even harder to buy for, um, he mentioned, so back in the day, my dad, he went through eighth grade and then um, he went to work on the railroad, like, you know, setting spikes and building the railroad back in the days. Um, and so that railroad that goes through, just goes through Missouri. It uh, is now going to be turned into uh, a trail biking and hiking and all that kind of stuff through. And um, so it's the rock Island trail. And so he had said something, Oh, I don't know, a week or a few weeks ago, he said something, you know, I never see any rock Island memorabilia or hats or anything like that. So I went on Etsy and I found a vintage patch and and then I I bought off of Amazon just a simple hat, 
And so I glued and um, sewed the patch on the hat. And I thought it turned out really pretty good. And he absolutely loved it. He was quite oh, tickled cool. with it. Cool. And it uh, so, I mean, something as simple as, you know, knowing what their history was or what they did when they were kids, even if it was 50 years ago or whatever, you know, just do a little digging. And those are great, great gift ideas. So, so yeah, dad got a new hat. What kind of, was it a trucker hat or? Yes. He likes the summer hats with the kind of like what back. you're wearing there with the, uh, the total boat. Is it got the mesh in the back yep. on that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of just, and the, in the adjustable snaps yeah. on the back, he's old school when it comes to hats. And you what about find, the, is the front, the foam, like the foam with the rope? No, it's not. It, it's more, it's a thinner uh, version. Cause like yeah. I said, he, he's, he, he's wears it outside and it gets hot more than, more than not. So, um, yeah. So yeah, he cool. was wearing that to the coffee shop quite, you know, those guys, they've got, they've got the coffee shop in Argyle where they call the liars club. And then when he goes to Vienna to the quick stop, then it's the prayer meeting. You know, it's, it's so small town. It's just freaking hilarious. It's just absolutely hilarious. When my dad was building gas stations, one's in a small town and they put seating area in it because he knew yeah. that that's where everybody would come and have their morning coffee and, and mm-hmm. hang around. Yep. The Hardy's here. When you drive by, all the farmers are at Hardy's first thing in the morning. Yeah. See, we don't have, I mean, there are no fast food restaurants within, you'd have to go like 35 miles to go to any type of fast food restaurant. So what's crazy too, is the Hardee's on like Saturday night is like, they have like a, uh, they clear all the tables out of the middle and there's like a live uh, band dancing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all these like really senior citizens in there. Yeah, just cutting rugs. That's hilarious. Yep. You know what song they'll be playing there in a few years? Hit my uh, yep. horse with the truck. I hit a horse with my truck. Tonight, our guests on the podcast are a duo that caught my eye as competitors in the Maker collab. Uh, we've got Mike and Chad. Mike from Big Bear Custom Metal. Chad from Break, Build, Repeat. How are you doing this evening, gentlemen? Pretty good yeah, yourself, sir. Doing good, doing good. Mike, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Well, uh, my name is Mike. I'm 45. Uh, I am happily married, so don't get any ideas. Um, I'm a quote-unquote maker uh, by weekend and by night and by day. I sell stuff to people who need it that's about it um i saw custom metal are you primarily a metal guy or um well yes and no i i spent a lot of time in the shop um as as time has progressed i've got a degree in lighting and scene design so i've been a wood shop and and doing that kind of stuff for a long long time the metal kind of sparked my interest i don't know probably about six seven years ago so I'll All do right. knives and, and whatnot on, in my spare time. <laughs> Chad, break, build, repeat. Tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Chef by trade for many years, got out of it, got back into doing stuff hands-on, uh, built draft systems, uh, bars, breweries all over the U.S. And then actually the newest incarnation of my career for the past several years now has been in the RV industry. So uh, a lot of 
fixing campers I get tore up. Um, but my hobbies, I guess you can say, are pretty much hack bashing everything I can to put it together. I got three fantastic little girls, um, eight, 14 years old, and we build all kinds of crazy stuff. I've got a slide coming off the back of the house. Uh, we're putting in a two hole mini golf course in the backyard, hopefully this summer when their mom's out of town. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and really just kind of hacking a bunch of stuff up, man, and just building. So, uh, I, favorite superhero is the evil tinkerer, man. Uh, All right. Dog, um, I've got a guy who, who likes to build stuff and I like him. So, well, you guys sound like my kind of guys. And my first question are how the hell does someone in the Carolinas and someone in New York get together for the maker collab? Uh, algorithm. um yeah so uh i guess and and mike's pretty much gonna be the same on this one we kind of signed up for the maker collab 2023 competition uh as an individual without a team so it's a team competition yeah and then um christy and them kind of pair up everybody and say you know these guys work good together these guys actually you know are closer and and a lot of people came on as teams already so uh i think mike and i i don't know of anybody else that got kind of put in there that were individuals. I hate to say that. I'm sure there were, but um, we're one of the few. So, so like match.com awesome. or something like yeah. that. Tinder. He, he swiped yeah. left. I swiped left. It was match made in maker heaven. Yeah. It was anglegrinder.com actually. Anglegrinder.com. Okay. <laughs> and so Mike, what did you think? You know, you meet this guy, Chad, how did the conversation go with what's this project going to be? Did y'all do a zoom call? What'd y'all do? Uh, we started messaging back and forth on the old IG and, um, from there it was like, Hey, you got a second, I'm out in the barn tinkering around. And then we just had a conversation and clicked and it was, uh, it was a real easy go. Actually. It wasn't, no, your idea sucks. It was, yeah. Hey, great idea. I'm in. Why don't we do this? Let's do this. Put a little spin on it. Off to the race. So before we get too deep and we get too polite, my anxiety would be honestly half the makers out there don't ever finish any of the projects they start. (laughs) So where was the stress level where you were like, okay, I'm going to go first. How'd y'all decide who was going to start it and who was going to finish it? Who had the most trust? Who had the most go get after it? Uh, Um, Yeah. Talk over each other. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Skill set kind of helped that. Um, Chad with his, his bar building expertise um and my kind of uh rough carpentry skills (laughs) yeah so one one's a design and build and one's uh, a finish yeah yeah i was uh again uh in the theater everything was viewed from 30 feet away yeah from a certain angle and designed that way so i kind of roughed everything out and said this is what i'm thinking oh god how many pictures did i send you of random stuff and thoughts and Just like, oh, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Threw it together, yeah. kind of mocked it up, and sent it off. So yeah, we call it a, lot of, a lot 50, of bar 50. napkin like, photo shots. Bar know? napkin shots. I like it. Yeah. yeah. At, that's everything I build at 50 miles away, 50 feet away at 50 miles an hour. It looks great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So why don't you tell our listeners, what is it that you built and what was the theme you went with? Uh, Mike, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. What is it that we built? Um, 
Oh, Chad, what, what how'd you put that in the video? Well, it's, uh, uh, it's an a, adult um, spin of a Chuck box. Yeah. Basically. If Chuck grew up and his name is now, and he goes by Charles now. That's and it, he goes man. by Charles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what's a Chuck box? Chuck so, box is uh, like a scouting thing yeah, uh, sure. and like a camp thing. Right. And basically it's okay. This is where all your food is. And that's it. Like a little prep station. And that's about all. Right. Uh, where it comes into Charles is uh, uh, fine materials and uh, exquisite contents. Okay. So we've got that idea. And then the prompt for Maker Collab was television or movie, something like that. Television. What yep. what TV show did y'all go with? Parks and Rec. And whose idea was Parks and Rec? Um, mine. And uh, kind of threw it at Chad. And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's roll with it. Okay. Uh, definitely one of the stepbrother moments. Like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, it yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> we have no room for activities. Oh yeah, my shop has no room for activities right now. So. <laughs> so let's still stay a little high level. Let's not get into the construction part of it. Yeah. But okay, we've decided Parks and Rec. We've decided Charles Box. What was kind of the early planning and design? How did y'all come together with? Okay, this is the direction we're going. For so, me, it, oh, for me, it kind of started with the mustache, honestly. Okay. Because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, hey, you know what? How amazing would it be to carve a mustache or a power carve a mustache of Ron Swanson, who is Nick Offer- uh, 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 Offerman? Played by Nick Offerman. Yeah, exactly. And in you know, fine ribbon mahogany. I mean, and then it just kind of blew up from there. Yeah, it definitely spawned from the mustache. The mustache is uh, the key, like the uh, the zero point, uh, the yeah. event horizon, if you will. Of sure. And what's interesting is not only was it a TV show, but Ron Swanson, you know, he Nick Offerman is a maker, and he's known throughout the yeah. maker community. Um, so we're going to get into the the Nick Offerman thing here in just a second. I'm just curious. Was this a situation where y'all storyboarded here are all the things we want to touch or did you go, this is our first primer and then we grow from here like a spider web? Yeah, spider web, good man. Okay, well then let's start with the spider web. Okay, so let's start with the mustache then. Um, What tools did you use and what were your materials that you used to make the face? So at first, well... I'll back up. I recently got a, a secondhand little shopsmith scroll uh, saw, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. it could be fun to actually go and scroll out a face and power carve and dimension and all of that fun stuff. And and it is. It was a, a blast. So I started with uh, a trip to, uh, there's a place up north of here, a, a sawmill. And um, I grabbed some gorgeous mahogany, grabbed a actually grabbed a bunch of pine and some other stuff to do the project with. And I got to it, uh, laid it all out, started doing the, the, the sign maker process. Um, you know, the tape and the, the planing and the this and the that and everything else. And um, I got at it. I cut the, the mahogany first, then cut the pine. Mahogany turned out awesome. The eyebrows turned out awesome. The mustache turned out fantastic. Mm-hmm. The hair turned out fantastic. 
The pine, not so much. Um, it was way, way, way too easy to carve. No forget, mm. you know, like no forgiveness whatsoever. So went back to the drawing board. I've got, um, I don't know, a, a bunch of different scraps and cutoffs and everything else. So I went with some maple instead. I had some pretty clear maple, a little bit of grain structure in it, not super poppy. And I ended up redoing the face with that uh, and then power carved that out, which was kind of fun. Lots of shaping so and uh, all Dremel and Sabertooth. Okay, very good. So I noticed he's got the perfect, you know, uh, Baptist preacher man hair that you got going on here. So is were you intentionally doing the grain direction based on the orientation of the piece and everything? Yep. Because I'm telling you what, I mean, his mustache, there is not a hair out of place. And his, <laughs> you know, hair on his head is is fantastic. And even the suit. The lines on the suit. So you were intentional about each of those pieces? Yeah, there was a lot of intent once we kind of got into the process. Um, it it kind of started, again, it kind of spider web with the mustache. Started it as um, vertical with the, the ribbon mahogany. It's like, you mm -hmm. know what? This has got to go right, and it's got to look awesome. Uh, it went so awesome, I actually carved a second one. <laughs> <laughs> so the behind... Ron, you've got is that blue or gray ish? Black. The, the backdrop. Oh, that's yeah, black. Yeah, yeah that's actually charred oak. oak. Yeah. Okay. So, the, so okay. Yeah, it's a uh, white oak strips that Mike sent me, uh, and they were probably ah uh, three sixteenth thick by two inch or whatever. Um, and so we kind of laid it out with some other stuff. He had some uh, uh dowels from um. Uh, was it elm, like little trees, dowels that he had kind of cut? Yeah, down. they were like little maple rounds, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they just, like, it kind of looked good, but it was almost too busy. And I was like, what about this? And we kind of laid it out. And he's like, yeah, like a like a floor, like a, you know, like a flooring trick yeah. where you kind of lay the seams where they kind of don't all line up good. And, uh, and I was like, hang on a second. I, like, took a torch and, like, torched it in the shed. The whole shed smelled like a barbecue. And... Uh, and then just kind of did the whole, um, and, and I don't know the name. It's the Japanese technique where you seal the wood with fire. Bond. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> shishigi bond. So it's basically torch it, scrub it down really good, hit it with the torch again, scrub it down really good, and it gets that nice, almost sheen to it. Um, and that's exactly what it is. That's behind it. And yeah, it, it looks already. Yeah. We, we went the white oak route. That's actually a, another very... Uh, it was a deliberate choice. Okay. We wanted to go and, and kind of incorporate the white oak, the charred white oak in there somewhere. Well, first off, I just love playing with fire, you know, with the whole knife thing. And, you know, I made some other signs and just the ash on anything looks super cool and just cool right. textures and whatever. Anyway, I digress to, so we chose the white oak to kind of mimic the inside of a whiskey barrel as well. Ah. Uh. That That's was great. that was a deliberate choice. Yeah. And it was, if I remember right, we were we were talking about doing it for the bar top too. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. But I think it it was a much better choice to go with the, the front. Turned yeah. out awesome. So then did you also, Mike, you uh assembled the box frame itself? Is that correct? Yeah. I built out the box frame itself here. Um and 
basically packed it with all the cedar strip, um, cedar strip, the oak, the rounds and some other stuff and sent that all down to Chad. And thankfully it arrived safely. Oh yeah. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It did. <laughs> okay, good. Cause you know, there's a lot of scary stories in the old uh, shipping stuff in the maker community. So I appreciate oh, the yeah. fact that it showed up. Now, is that, um, is that, is there a glass cover on it or is that plexiglass? What's the layering on the front of it? So, yeah, it's plexi. So what we did is I needed to add some like depth. And so we were kind of talking, I was like, I can, you know, frame it out like, like shadow box style kind of in the Uh front. So, um, took some, some, I got some local white oak here and cut some thicker pieces to get the sides out. And, um, and basically framed that out. And I was like, oh, it's perfect. Cause I can just kind of slide everything in there, you know, put Ron in, um, did some really kind of basic, like uh, framing miter joints on the inside, just to kind of be able to slide the Luan in um, and then glued everything up. And so it kind of gave me a good, good base to go around. But then, yeah, there's a piece of plexi in the front, um, which was kind of to give it more of a like, you know, if you look at it, you're like, oh, this is a really nice homage to Ron Swanson. And it's very framed out, but it's, you know, it served that purpose to kind of give the finished look to the front. Um, and then obviously when you open it up, it's got the uh, poured epoxy top and all that other fun stuff. But um, it also helped to kind of reflect the LED light strip that's on the inside of the mm-hmm. Ron Swanson space. And so like that thing's like wicked bright. <laughs> it's really yeah. like the whole backyard lights up when I like, you know, when I click it on. So um but it looks really good with the the, the, that that um like the the termination point on the front of it so i think the only thing you missed uh with that immense amount of white light is the chorus of angels uh as the the drawbridge comes down yeah that's it yeah missed opportunity but whatever and so for the listeners who don't know this thing's got a freaking remote control front door Yep. Yep. <laughs> Whose idea was it to do a remote control click, slow lowering drawbridge to get inside? That was me. I'll take all that credit. All right. What was the inspiration <laughs> be- behind that? And what's the mechanics of that? What did you use to make that work? So I was just kind of like, how can I be totally absurd with this and make a reference to the show? So there's a reference in the show um, where um, there sure is. Amy put that in for his birthday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and so he gets the doors at a remote control and I was like, dude, how cool it be to have something be remote control. It's just a simple fob, you know, it's a basically a little programmable, like Arduino style board. It's nothing crazy. Um, and then I was like, well, I need to have a linear actuator. Um, and so kind of figured I was like, initially I'd put it in the box and I had a very small, like 40, uh, Newton type linear actuator. And it opened the door one time beautifully and it closed the door one time beautifully. And on the second time it gutted itself and <laughs> the entirety of the uh, linear actuator was just ripped uh, to shreds. And I was like, well, that's not enough juice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went back with the one on the bottom, uh, which actually worked out more. And the one on the bottom is rated for 300 pounds because it has a very... <laughs> very short uh throw point like it's 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 hinged like right at the the pivot and so it needs a lot of that like force to be able to like not necessarily like lower it because obviously it's going to open down 
kind of naturally through gravity, but to be able to push it up without wanting to like rip it off the hinges. Um, so I got like a, a bigger, beefier one that literally like the day I, I was shooting a video, it came in that morning and I was like, oh my God, I got to get this done right. Um, bugged out of work early and, and got it all wired in there. But um, yeah, the controller was great because it's a four channel controller. So they gave me the options for both open and close and then two separate sets of light controls all on that four button fob. And that was something else I wanted to ask you about. You've got lights on the outside. So the face of the box has Ron Swanson's Intarja wood face. It has lights around the outside that are very bright. Then yeah. you can lower. So there's another electronic activation. You can lower the door. And I liked in the video you posted, you lowered the door and it almost made like walking lights or, you know, it lit up the area around so you could yeah, safely yeah, yeah, approach yeah. the bar. But yeah. then I saw you hit the button again and there are lights on the inside the box as well. Yeah. So, so tell us yeah, about those. Yeah, I took some uh, some of the same LED strips and just cut them into like small, like uh, one and two LED light segments. Sure. And then soldered some pigtails on them. So basically made some little small like uh, direction, directional lighting, if you will. And then so on the back of the shelves and they're kind of tucked into the top. So like where the glasses are, there's one on each shelf where the two bottles are. There's one above each one. So it, it gives a nice like down lighting um we had talked about before like maybe having them like underlit um but it just it it didn't kind of work out for the size and how i wanted it but the overlit like throws a great with the the leather interior and that red cedar that's in there um but yeah and then just kind of have everything wired to the back and then everything dumps in like if you look at the front of the box that bottom left corner kind of block would block in there all the electronics are basically shoved in that. Thing. Oh, okay. So I was going to ask yeah. you to walk us through the inside. So you've got a cedar um, box in the bottom corner. That's mm -hmm. where all your electronics are hidden. Yes. Then yep. we so walk the up. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Walk us so, through. So, yeah, so, that, so there's a little like the front's not permanently secured. So you can slide it off and be able to access everything. So I've got the controller and the battery pack are basically shoved in there. And then on the back side, since I was able to kind of stand off the, the rear of the box to add uh, a, uh, a connection point for the linear actuator underneath, that kind of takes care of some of the wiring in the back of the box, uh, the lights coming through. And then the wire only had to go like a couple inches, like through the lid and then back up into the bottom of the box for the front part that pivots. So a lot of that like 50 foot, 50 mile an hour type stuff as yeah. far as the wiring goes, but was able to kind of have it all nice and, and tucked in there. Um, and then moving forward, y'all did like a cedar parquet for the bar top. And yep. then you've got the Pawnee logo. How'd you do that? <laughs> so um, a lot of trial and error and uh, transparency, uh, like uh, inkjet transparencies. Yeah. Okay. So basically what I did was just took the Pawnee logo, printed it out on a, uh, a inkjet or a inkjet compliant transparency sheet and then cut that out uh, and then uh, did a, what did I put on there? I think I put, I think I brushed a little epoxy on it to let it set. Um, no, actually I put lacquer, sorry, uh, or uh, uh, varnish uh, on it so it would kind of like seal the ink in so I wouldn't have to worry about it running. 
and then basically put like four layers of epoxy on top of it so it looks like it's kind of floating Mm -hmm. um and the thing i mean there's a couple edges that kind of got a little high on the surface and and i know where they are and you can kind of see them if you look at it the light right but it makes the logo float up off the cedar and then i noticed two bottles of scotch in here but mike you built the box so did you have to buy two bottles of scotch so that you can get the measurements right (laughs) and then chad buy two bottles of scotch well, no, I just happen to actually have a bottle of 16 in my cabinet as well. So I was like, oh, I got one. Yeah. So literally, you know, it's I, I make a point of not having any alcohol in the shop until I'm done with the project. But I was like, to the bar. <laughs> Grab the bottle. Great, great justification for having a bottle of scotch. Sure. I um I actually have it in the box. Right. So I had the box on one side, bottle on the other side, grabbed the rocks glasses before we uh, before we etched them. And um, yeah, there you go. The best part about that is that a scotch works as a write off for you. Yeah. Oh, scotch. <laughs> That's it, for him. <laughs> yeah. God, I don't want to add up what this thing actually cost me. So. <laughs> So, Mike, on the glasses, uh, take us through the process of of etching the glasses. It's a pain with the shape of glass that I found and got. I was like, mm-hmm. let's try it. So I, I literally just did dollar store glasses since it's basically a prop. Grabbed it, got some vinyl, had the wife help me through the process, laid it out. It bubbled everywhere. I think I've got three or four different uh, bees uh, in <laughs> in the cabinet. You know, just little doodads here and there. This was uneven or what have you. But um, it's a, that was a real challenge to get everything to lay flat, to be able to go and etch. Basically, it's like an etching cream that you put over the top of it. Got to let it sit. Don't burn yourself. Rinse it off and hope for the best. And it, it worked out really, really well. Like the, the light yeah. that Chad threw in there catches it fantastic. Yeah, for sure. So, gentlemen, we're at a part of the podcast where we call this or that. I'm going to give you some options or ask you some questions and just learn a little bit more about you. Uh, Ron Swanson's middle name is famously Ulysses. I was going to ask you if you had to have the middle name of a president, which president's name would you take for your middle name? Who wants to go first? I always like Roosevelt. That was always like. Oh, that's a good middle name. I love Theodore. I mean, Theodore Roosevelt, you know, great emancipation, all that other fun stuff. But um, yeah, he was a Scotch drinker. Yeah, Roosevelt <laughs> would be a good middle name. That would yeah. be. All right, Mike, you pressure's know, on. What you got? You know what's funny? I was actually thinking Roosevelt. I live in Hyde Park, the home of FDR. Yeah. Well, he so did Teddy Roosevelt. My he did Teddy Roosevelt. You could do FDR. Hey, well, I could do Delano. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael so got, Delano. There you go. We got two Roosevelt fans here. If yeah, you guys sure. start a band, you could be called the Rough Riders. <laughs> no, no. That's a taken by DMX. <laughs> well, he's uh, no longer he borrowed with us, it so. from yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not with the firm anymore. So uh, you're right. Mike, scotch is a very specialized drink. If you were to build a box for yourself, what bottles would you have put in the cabinet? Oh, bourbon bottles. 
Absolutely. And what's your bourbon Gosh. of choice? Oh, uh, right now, um, I've been hitting up the Elijah Craig and the High West. Okay. Good deal. Oh, and there's a local one that I absolutely love. What's it? It's called Taconic. Taconic. All right. So any uh, yeah. New York listeners, get you some Taconic. Oh, it's all over the place. Chad, in the official video, you wear a Pawnee Park Rangers costume. What other costumes are you hoping to get for future videos? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Let's see. My daughters and I have built space helmets, like legit full helmet things. So I've got that. Um, they're hitting me up. So like Halloween's kind of our crazy. We build some pretty wild stuff uh, and we're doing villains this year. Okay. Uh, so I'm shooting for a Captain Hook. Like Oh, and you've got the facial hair for that. Captain Hook. Yeah. Good deal. And that's yeah. probably on theme this year with the new Pan movie release. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to keep those hands, but. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I wanted to finish yeah. on, we just talked about the video. I wanted to talk about the process that y'all underwent to post this, to post your final beauty shots and to make the video that shows the whole thing. Um, I'm assuming a lot of that laid in your lap, Chad, but you know, tell me just about that. The stress of getting the right shot, what it was like um, deciding how you want to represent this project and then the efforts that went into that final video. Yeah, so um, I wanted to kind of emulate, like, the show, obviously, the opening. Uh, and I use, uh, and I'm not sponsored by these guys, InShot uh, Photo or InShot Video Editor yeah. um, app. Keith uses that. Love it. Love it. Um, but I, I learned a lot about, uh, like, key stops uh, in there and being able to, like, actually move the frames over in, like, a timeline and so that whole sequence where like the pictures kind of come in like on the, you know, on Parks and Rec on, on their deal, it's all like key stop setups to where they just have multiple pictures just dropped in certain spots. Obviously there's much longer, but I was like, I need to kind of, you know, simulate that setup. Um, so I had to kind of do it frame by frame. And it took me like all day long to just get those like 10 seconds of intro put together. Um, but I was very happy with it and like just the time and kind of worked out really great. <laughs> yeah. Like Mike's at like a car show and I'm like, I just need like a five second video of you doing something goofy, man. Like it's, you know, just send me something. And uh, so I was able to kind of edit together. And then uh, I wanted to have, we talked about this from the beginning of having the, um, like a park in the background or have like the, the lakes or something in the background of this. And that that's why they able to go shoot it over there and have it um the lake in the background that's actually uh, lake raleigh here local and um just kind of take that parks and rec thing like to the next level it's kind of what i'm shooting for wait you didn't shoot that in indiana <laughs> yep he went to pawnee actually booked a flight yeah, yeah. in pawnee <laughs> so but i just wanted to like say kind of have that fun feel of it just to have it you know be goofy with it as best i could and then the campfire is actually in my backyard. So I had to kind of like get creative with like the angles. So you didn't see like the apartment behind the house. Yeah. And all that <laughs> it, it was, it was a great video. You did a great job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like my neighbors have like guests in from like Europe and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I've shown a video and I've got like the light behind the fire. <laughs> so you can see me. And they're just like, all right, dude, you know, 
Yeah. Now I'm curious, what was it like when you guys noticed that Nick Offerman commented on your post? Oh, that was over the moon. Yeah, that was incredible. Over the moon. So, so we actually had a conversation about this as well. We're like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And just started Mm -hmm. tagging him and LeGoblin Scotch in everything. So me being the stat nerd that I am just kept flipping through and flipping through and checking to see who liked it and who looked at it and, you know, all the, the metric stuff. And I'm like, Oh, Offerman <laughs> looked at it. Oh, the goblin liked it. You know, that was for the first post. Actually, that was the post with your daughter. That was the first one. The, yeah. the, uh, oh, the, the I, know I know better, better than, than you. you. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Beautifully done. Yes. And um, he liked it. So I told Chad, I was like, dude, I think we set the hook on this one. Let's see what happens on the next one. And same thing happened. And then finally, you know, we, we threw up the, I had Chad send me the pictures, uh, a couple of pictures, like the beauty shots that we had to submit in the one shot. And I was like, "Mm, let's, let's see what happens here. And then same thing. Like he liked it and actually reposted the maker collab uh, post, like the maker collab story on his story. Oh, nice. Uh, that's astounding. I am thirsty. Yeah. And I was really yeah. surprised because it, it really, honestly, it's kind of half-ass. Um, it's kind of a bullshit project. And to get him to say something so nice about it, I was, uh, no. I, I I get it, man, because I'm telling you, I scrolled through and, and Christy can vouch. I grabbed yours and I said, this is interesting. We need to talk to these guys. Yeah. It's different. It's a different project. It was so much fun to do. And, and I can, you know, whether I'm talking out of turn for you or not, but there was no bullshit in the project. It was just fun. I, granted, there was stress and timeline and distance and choices and this and that. But it was fun all the way around, you know, like just trying stuff, learning new stuff. You know, me with the scrolling and the power carving, Chad with the, you know, some of the epoxy work and the lighting and, and all of that. It was it was fun. And I've. No, I picked a bunch of stuff up from it. It was it was a really really good time. Now, what would and, have been Plan B, as opposed to Ron Swanson and Parks and Rec? Was there any Plan B at all, or even a contemplating of a di- of a different show, or was this it? This was it. Yeah, this is pretty much the one we rolled with from from jump. So, yep. Actually, I, I think that was part of the original conversation. Was what do you think? I like it. Let's roll with it. And that yeah. was the gist of the conversation. That was the, did we just become best friends part? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to put alcohol in this? Fantastic. <laughs> Good booze. Even better. Even better. <laughs> All right. So normally we ask uh, our guest a question, the three tools question, and I'm going to change it on you guys like I like to do last second. Um you guys just ran a project. You didn't know each other before this, I said, right? So what are some tips for people that are doing like their first collab with people? Are there any tips that you guys have that you would suggest for other people? Reckless abandon. Go for it. Have fun. You know, um, um, don't get sucked into the drama or the bullshit. Just get at it. You know, we we went into it with the mindset of, you know what? We're probably not going to win this thing, 
but we're going to have a hell of a time trying and people are going to remember our project. Yeah, and and yeah, that's been our motto. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the mantra, the, the mantra of this project was like, we're going to have fun and we're going to put the best foot forward that we can. And if it turns out great, awesome. If it sucks, we had a great time and we learned some stuff. And, and that's, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me with this project was just go for it. At, at first with this thing, I was like, I talked to a couple of people. I was like, nah, I don't know whether I really want to do this and, and take on the project and doing some other stuff. Nah. And then I was like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> and, and jumped in with both feet and we ran. And um, the, the end result turned out pretty, pretty amazing. I, I, I can't tell, I can't express how giddy I was seeing pictures <laughs> of, of the process. I was like, dude, send me more pictures. I want to see, you know, because <laughs> I sent him a box and, and he turned it into something pretty incredible. Awesome. What about, yeah. what about you, Chad? You got any wisdom for them, uh, I'd say they make uh, wood putty for a reason and sandpaper. So uh, <laughs> don't be afraid to use it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> there's a phrase we have at work, and I've coined this one is there's nothing we can't unfuck in this shop, um, <laughs> which basically is nah, if it doesn't work, just uh, undo it and do something else. I mean, it's, you know, and I kind of have that that mindset on a lot of the projects. Um, got a pretty good analytical mind when it comes to like laying it out. I, my, my wife hates the fact that I can visualize stuff in my head. Like, Oh yeah, no, this needs to go in here. And then that's a number two screw in this and that. And then she hates me um, (laughs) for being able to visualize that. But um, that kind of helps me with a lot of these builds. So like I knew how I wanted the door to open. Okay. I knew that they've got a hinge. So those are actually spring loaded hinges on there. I had to, you know, because I wanted to take some of the weight off. And I know that like nerd out that is called a third class leverage point because you're, you know, you're pushing from past the weight. Um, so you've got to like take some of that sort of stuff in consideration on the physics side of it. And that's what I enjoy, but it, none of it, if it didn't work out, there's several screw holes in there that I was able to fill and, and you can't tell they're in there because, Hey, that's what wood putty's for. So. Cool. Um, so when does the voting end? Uh, the 14th, which is this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Saturday at 1159. Okay. Oh, so by the yeah, time this will be this last Saturday. Airs, Perfect. So everybody who's got a time machine, go back and vote for these guys. <laughs> um, yeah. This could be the, hey, we had a fantastic, and we're glad we won this thing. Thank you for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can, couldn't Mike have done it without you. Yeah, Mike and I both said when Nick like commented on it, we were like, "We want that's it. We got it. That's our first place. We're happy." You know. Sure. Yeah. What's funny is I was at a car show last last Saturday, and um, you know, just checking the phone, flipping through, and uh, and I get to that video, and I'm like, "Holy shit, he liked it!" I think I shot yeah. Chad a message or a couple of messages on Face or not on Facebook on Instagram. I sent him a couple of texts. I called them. I was like, dude, you got to check your shit. Right yeah, now. Yeah. All warranted. All warranted. And the best yeah. part is while I was doing this, I was standing right in front of the family truckster. There you from, go. Uh, from vacation. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chevy nice. Chase. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, this one's like, it's, 
you know, yeah, it, it was nice to have, you know, Nick Offerman recognize it on the level that a, he is a craftsman in that sense and that he knows we're working. And, and like I said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we fix in post and, and I'm fine with that. Um, but you know, we kind of showed a little homage to, you know, a character he played, a job he did for acting. Um, and that, you know, we, we represented it well enough that he made a comment that like, Hey, that you guys did a fantastic job. And, and that was just kind of like a nice pat on the back. That's, oh, yeah. you know, one of, you know, going to a restaurant and the chef cooking you a great meal. And you're like, you know, and tell the chef he did a phenomenal job, you know, or just, you know, that little, like, you know, you're the man or woman. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate what you do in your career. And that's kind of where I looked at it too, was, you know, just some of that, not, not like fanboying out on like, Oh my God, you know, we're going to do this thing and, and they'll know us. They'll hang out with us. We'll be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was just one of the things that I wanted to be like, you know, yeah, that I know that show. I know that reference. I know who that's supposed to be. You know, like that's kind of really made me happy. About kind of like kind of like our version of Pivot. That's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then final question, who gets to keep this thing? <laughs> well there'll be an auction uh later on uh <laughs> yeah, if like, we win the starting bid is uh what uh 300 yeah. bucks yeah i don't know how much is two bottles or three bottles of scotch cost that's oh no you're taking the bottles out yeah, <laughs> think oh, it the <laughs> yeah oh it's it's so funny it's like i mean i know mike as soon as He's like, he's like, I got a woman already offered to like buy it from me. And then I got like friends of mine are like, oh, you need to make and sell these. And I'm like, I'll make them for you and give them away, but I'm not turning it into a business. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it will be back up uh, in October for um, the Makers Camp. Oh, uh, cool. So uh, I've already got my tickets and slip set up. I'll be up there. I had FOMO big time, uh, you know, for missing this year. But, uh, you guys heard it here first. He's donating this for the maker swap. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, That's I what I heard. Little, oh, yep. We can make like a little flask one. There you go. Like, yeah, there no, you go. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> big. Yeah. <laughs> we can make another version, but for airplane bottles. It'll That's be great. Yeah. Small, like a little bit. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> all right guys well we appreciate you coming on the podcast if you would um tell everybody where they can find you uh i'm at break build repeat on instagram and uh facebook is chad mcintyre uh hopefully soon i will have the website up break build repeat.com but uh instagram is the best way to see all my uh mad science creations cool same here i'm also on the ig i'm uh big bear custom metal and um, actually on, on Facebook is Big Bear Custom Metal as well. But yeah, I'm uh, most of my stuff is on, on Instagram. And both of these guys can be found on anglegrinders.com. That's it. Man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, so nice talking to Thanks you guys. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. 
All right, we want to take a minute to thank all the folks over at Patreon for their support. And if you'd like to join them over there, patreon.com, Making Our Way podcast. And then you'll get a weekly little extra bit of content from us and a sticker pack. So we've got top tier, Marion Ward from Creative Ward Gallery, Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative, Justin from Bear Make It, Scott Horn from Daddy Yourself, Matthew from Artigino Sorio, Marcel Este, and Ozark Spirit. Then our middle tier is Tony Langer from Langerworks, Brenda McDonough from McDonough Design, Susan DePlantis from Hearth and Garden Art, Stephanie Taddeo, Kyle with Footwork Woodworking. All right, and then our first tier is Jacob with Griffin Makes, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concept, Jacob with Other Dog Design, Eric from Overall Makerworks, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Dave Bauer, Caitlin Landerneau, Morley Kurt, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, The Grant Alexander, Jen Griffin, The Black Sheep, Brian from Moonshine Leatherworks, Makeshift Podcast, Maritime Knife Supply, Jay-Z and D from Just My DIY, Henry from HT1 Metalworks, Brad Harrison from Brad's Customs, Steve Delaney from One Old School Pirate, Kelsey Watson, Steve at Making at Home, and then Dan Gallagher from Goofballs by Dan. Thanks, folks. So the guys were talking tonight about the uh, project and how to not let little flaws get in the way of making a cool project and and making deadlines and completing it and being yeah. able to enter the contest. What uh, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? I really liked it, especially in the perspective that they were working on a collab. Because I think about you know I always say you know it's not the first one you should judge yourself off of; it's the third one or the tenth one that. I'm I'm not going to steal the rest Jesus of the Christ, but, please yeah, don't do it. I'm not going to say it. Dave Bauer can say it to himself in his car. Um, I I think it's not the first one you should judge yourself on. It's the third one after you learn the tips and tricks and, and little things. But when you're working on a collab, especially one where you have to ship it across the country, you know, states away, that would be some nonsense. You call the guy up like, hey, man, you got to make another box. I put a screw in the wrong place. So to be able to say, look, there's some blemishes here, but we can fix them with plugs or change the design a little bit or add an element to cover up. Uh, I think that's awesome. That's versatility. That's creativity. Um, I like that kind of mindset. I agree with that. And uh, one of my reels a couple months ago, actually, is still getting a lot of follows. It's the whole uh, sawdust and glue fill. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should be able to find it easy because Christy doesn't post on Instagram anymore. It should be one (laughs) of the top ones. (laughs) Yeah, it literally, yeah, but it was months ago. But I'm telling you what, at our office, um, and it's probably been six or eight months ago, they decided they were going to cut a hole in the floor from the third floor to go into the second floor, because I guess we weren't supposed to walk down the hall or something. So anyway, cut a hole in the floor, add the staircase, goes down, they got a little landing, and then goes switch back down the other direction. We've had so many, I mean, so many changes and corrections and everything on this. But what drives me nuts is every day when I walk by there, the metal handrail that goes down. And there are a lot of twists and turns on this railing because, like I said, it goes down and then you got the landing and stuff. So there are a lot of places they could have cut the the pipe you know for the handrail but there are seams like six inches from the where they are already making a cut there are seams all over this railing and it literally drives me nuts every time every time i use it 
I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's one of those things where how much easier is it to just fix things while you're working on it the first time than to try to come in like right there. That's a staircase they're adding after the fact. And it's probably over budget. That's why they're not getting whole new runs of railing and stuff like that. And so they're trying to just cut corners, cut corners. Yeah. So it that's an interesting dynamic. I didn't I didn't consider there's a different kind of creativity. One, the original build, it's always easier to fix the first time. But then when you're working within the constraints of already established uh, and a budget constraint, all these constraints constraints end up constraining your creativity. Uh, the first house Kristen and I bought, it used to drive Kristen nuts. They had put crown molding up themselves. And in one run of crown molding, there were three different style cuts on that one wall. There was a butt joint Ooh. cut. And then there was a 45 cut. And then there was the one where it was like the back cut 45. So three different style joint techniques on one run of crown molding. And it drove her nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't really criticize most of the time unless it's I mean if you want to see some crappy construction you can walk around my house because I did it <laughs> but like we'll we went to uh Bush Gardens which is like an, a, an amusement park here and uh it's like Six Flags or any of those other ones and I remember I was sitting uh, I don't ride roller coasters right so I'm waiting for the people who ride roller coasters and I'm just drinking beer instead and I look up at and the welds that were on this roller coaster. I'm like, maybe we don't ride this one. <laughs> this one looks a little suspect. Like these things, that guy was definitely not a pipe welder, but he was definitely flunked out of pipe welder school. We rented an Airbnb one time and it was one of those like you walked in on the second floor and then you the first floor was built into the hill. Right. And we walked down the steps and I look up and every step had a different style fastener on it. And I was like, I don't know if I trust these steps. Like, was this, we lost the original ins installation hardware. And so we're just grabbing stuff out the scrap jar. Uh, it it blew my mind that here was a very, very nice house. We'd rented very, very cool staircase built in. And everyone I'm talking about screws with different style heads, different colors, different gauges, different size fasteners on every stair tread. That's wild. It is. That's what I hate when I'm working on something. And the guy before me used a Phillips, and then like a freaking Robertson Square. And then and I'm like, this motherfucker, <laughs> hell to this guy. And then I'm like, wait a second. It was me. <laughs> 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 because I'm like, that's all I had at the moment. And I didn't have time to go to the store and get something, you know? Well, that's Boys. like even here in our house, upstairs here, it creaks so bad and the steps creak terrible bad. And Marvin said it's because they didn't use any construction adhesive when they were putting the stair treads in. And it it is just even like when it's super windy, you can hear the house just creaks. And because this house was it was definitely DIY'd um, before us. And some things were done beautifully. Our back deck, we absolutely love. But there's a few areas. It's just like but you don't know what you don't know and some things you just can't fix i mean it's one thing that you know use sawdust and glue to be able to fill a hole but it's a whole nother thing after you've installed stairs and treads that you just really can't undo that it's so easily the tile in our kitchen you can tell some of the tiles they didn't get a good buttering of mastic or however the install technique was but there's pieces of tile without anything backing and so you it's like solid solid clink solid clink it's yep. like all that's waiting for is me to drop a beer right there and i'll have a hole in that tile absolutely yeah. 
I think that's pretty common. Most people don't butter the back of tiles when they're like DIY people. You don't see them buttering the back of tiles. You got to get in there and butter that bread. Hell yeah. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast or on Patreon. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. I'm at High Caliber Craftsman. Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. And Christy is at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Lick it, stick it, see you later, bye. Thank you.